Old powers waken, shadows stir, an age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us, an age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Nights Podcast. Hello, my sweet summer children. I'm back with another episode of the Obsidian Nights podcast. And on today's episode, we are going to be discussing the last Sansa chapter. This is Sansa 6. And I am joined by my co-host for the day, Iggy Stark. Iggy, would you like to tell the people who you are and where they can find you? Uh, Yes, my name is Ian. Um, You can find me on Twitter as Iggy Stark. Um, My handle is at iCloud123. And that's pretty much all the social media I use. Awesome. And you've done a chapter with me before. We did a Danny chapter, and now we're going to be doing a Sansa chapter. So this is this chapter takes place after Ned Stark has been killed. Um, And the chapter opens up. It says, in the tower room at the heart of Magor's Holdfast, Sansa gave herself to the darkness. She drew the curtains around her bed, slept, woke weeping, and slept again. When she could not sleep, she lay under her blankets, shivering with grief. Servants came and went, bringing meals, but the sight of food was more than she could bear. The dishes piled up on the table beneath her window, untouched and spoiling until the servants took them away again. So, mm, poor Sansa. So Sansa is really going through it. Like, she's really going through it. Yeah, especially because uh, throughout, like, all of her chapters, like, um, she's always so full of hope and positivity when it comes to, like, you know, the knights and this and that, you know, legendary heroes and this chapter it's just full darkness she has succumbed to the darkness yeah and she is finally seeing things for what they are yeah like a lot of times before this chapter like she was super like I will say captivated with the fantasy elements of like what she thought her future would be and she was kind of naive and now yeah. like she's got this rude awakening and like they're like she is devastated like she she's dreaming like she has dreams of her dad and like she can't take horrible it. horrible it's horrible yeah she like she she's um she says waking or sleeping she saw him saw the gold cloaks fling him down, saw Sir Illyn striding forward, unsheathing ice from the scabbard on his back, saw the moment, the moment when she had wanted to look away. She had wanted to. Her legs had gone out from under her and she had fallen to her knees, yet somehow she could not turn her head. And all the people were screaming and shouting and her prince had smiled at her. He smiled and she felt safe but only for a heartbeat until he said those words and her father's legs. That was what she remembered his legs, the way they jerked when Sir Ellen, when the sword. And I want to give it to Sansa that she didn't look away. 
No, yeah, because I don't know if I could sit there and watch uh, one of my parents uh, get beheaded and, uh, yeah, deal with that. And like, I feel- she, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. I was, I was going to say, I think it kind of like, um, I think it's in her second chapter when she goes to the tourney, when uh, I think it's Hugh of the Vale. Yeah. When he gets killed. And even then she, you know, says like, you know, she will not look away. Like she was taught, you know, to, as a lady, you have to pretty much be able to handle this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, for me, it just, when it comes to songs, I got mixed feelings. She annoys me sometimes, but I also, I understand her to a certain extent. Like she is the one that believes in, you know, pretty much like if you were in today's world, like the, the Disney kid, you know, yeah, that believes in the fantasies of, you know, Prince Charming and, you know, you're going to get this and that. And, you know, that's what she was taught to grow up being the oldest Stark daughter. You know, she was taught to, you know, be a lady and be that Arya didn't have to because she was, you know, the younger one. Yeah. She could be more of who she wanted to be. And I think with Sansa, it kind of... I think that kind of goes into why she literally watched her father be beheaded and did not look away. You know, she was just probably horse struck. I yeah, can imagine. I, I also think, um, cause me and Ara did the chapter on Ned and Ara had talked about, uh, how John tells Bran in the very first brand chapter of game of Thrones. Don't look away when yep. when um his father is about to behead the deserter from the night's watch and i feel like this is kind of a, a a clue or maybe some foreshadowing that sansa isn't going to always be oppositional when it comes to her family because right now she definitely she doesn't yeah. really have a choice <laughs> she doesn't really have a she choice doesn't have a point. choice and i mean it's sad that i mean it's sad to say but i mean sansa it is sansa's fault that everything went down the way it did if yeah. she wouldn't gone to cersei about everything then she and Arya both could have gotten away on the gully and went back to winterfell but you know all this happened because of her and it's because you know she's naive she thinks that the queen is just this, you know, beautiful, you know, woman who just loves her. And, you know, she's going to be queen one day also. And to me, it's, uh, it's more sad than anything. Yeah. It's very sad. And like, it's sad in this moment, in this moment, like she's suicidal. Like she, she says, if she flung herself from the window, she could put an end to her suffering. And in the years to come, the singers would write songs of her grief. Her body would lie on the stones below, broken and innocent, shaming all those who have betrayed her. Sansa went so far as to cross the bedchamber and throw open the shutters, but then her courage left her and she ran back to her bed sobbing. So like she's, I mean, traumatized and not only yes. have these people killed her father, but she's still there. Like she doesn't know, like they could kill her as well. She doesn't know where Arya is like. She doesn't know what's going on at all. No, and uh, it kind of, when I read that, it kind of makes me think about her being a Megor's holdfast and the amount of people that have either been flung or committed suicide from that exact place throughout Mm -hmm. history, you know? Yeah, it made me think of Helena 
Helena, Helena that's exactly who exactly who I thought of. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I don't think she necessarily committed suicide. I think the club foot pushed her. Yeah, I think she got yes, so do I. So <laughs> she, do I. She got helped out that window. But um oh, so <laughs> Sansa is just like, you know, reliving all of this, like she's having nightmares. It, it, I really feel bad for her. Like, I really feel bad for her. And this is the the one time, like most in most of Sansa's chapters in a Game of Thrones, I cannot stand her. This is the one time <laughs> where I'm like, oh, you damn, poor baby. Damn, you poor baby. <laughs> little dove. <laughs> you poor little yeah. dove. Yes. <laughs> So it says, when they finally came for her, in truth, Sansa never heard their footsteps. It was Joffrey who opened the door, not Sir Illyn, but the boy who had been her prince. She was in bed, curled up tight, her curtains drawn, and she could not have said if it was noon or midnight. The first thing she heard was the slam of the door. Then her bed hangings were yanked back, and she threw up a hand against the sudden light and saw them standing over her. You will attend me in court this afternoon, Joffrey said. See that you bathe and dress as befits my betrothed. Sandor Clegane stood at his shoulder in a plain brown doublet and a green mantle, his burned face hideous in the morning light. Behind them were two knights of the King's Guard in long white satin cloaks. Sansa drew her blanket up to her chin to cover herself. No, she whimpered. Please leave me be. If you won't rise and dress yourself, my hound will do it for you, Joffrey said. I beg of you, my prince. I'm a king now. Dog, get her out of bed. So Joffrey's does not give a fuck that he has traumatized her. And no, because he's never. He, I don't think Joffrey ever cared about Sansa, and I think that he probably Joff- felt forced. Joffrey into never. That. Yeah, Joffrey's never cared about anybody but Joffrey. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 and maybe Daddy's approval. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> and um this this is the interesting exchange that Sansa has with Joffrey I did as the queen asked I wrote the letters I wrote what she told me you promised you'd be merciful please let me go home I won't do any treason I'll be good I swear it I don't have traitor's blood I don't I only want to go home remembering her courtesies she lowered her head as it please you she finished weakly it does not please me Joffrey said Mother says, I'm still to marry you, so you'll stay here and you'll obey. I don't want to marry you, Sansa wailed. You chopped off my father's head. He was a traitor. I never promised to spare him, only that I'd be merciful, and I was. If he hadn't been your father, I would have had him torn or flayed, but I gave him a clean death. And this is where Sansa sees him as what he is. Sansa stared at him, seeing him for the first time. He was wearing a padded crimson doublet patterned with lions and a cloth of gold cape with a high collar that framed his face. She wondered how she could have thought she wondered how she could have ever thought him handsome. His lips were soft his lips were as soft and red as the worms you found after a rain, and his eyes were vain and cruel. I hate you, she whispered. sorry and this is where joffrey has 
says, I can't hit you and, and commands Sir Marin Trant to hit Sansa, to slap her. Ugh. And he backhands her. Fucking Marin Trant. I know. I fucking hate him. But like, yes, this is like Sansa as much shit as I give Sansa and a lot of no, this- a lot of people like this is awful. And this shows that really there is nothing that she can do. That, but another thing I want to point out is that right here, I think, is when she actually starts like getting her Stark back. It like, I guess, like her Stark, the way the way a Stark is, she gets it. She starts getting it back, like the strength and everything. Like, um, pretty much just like her telling Joffrey, like, I don't want to marry you. You know, like I hate you. Like, she mm-hmm. is like she might be in. You know in a fantasy world all the time, but in deep down, like she is a Stark and there's the part that's coming up. I'm going to point out a little bit more after you read it. So wait on that. Okay. Um, so basically Sansa like is confused about all of this and the hound Sandor Clegane, the a lot of people ship Sansa and the hound, but, um, the hound, like, basically is like save yourself some pain girl and give him what he wants and Sansa is like completely fucking confused like what what does he want please tell me and the hound is like he wants you to smile and smell sweet and be his lady love like he wants to hear you recite all your pretty little words the way the septa taught you he wants you to love him and fear him and then it's um after Sansa was after the hound left like Sansa just went right back into like I, I I guess I need to do this mode like survival mode yeah she, and she, like go ahead I was, I was gonna say like that like when she uh just like pretty much lets you know the Lannister handmaids whatever they are come in and you know dress her and get her all prepared and everything it kind of reminded me of the scene from the not to bring up the show, but from the show, pretty much where I can't remember her name, Miranda, whatever, when she's in Winterfell and oh, she's yeah. talking shit about her, and she's like, you know, I'm Sansa Stark of Winterfell, like you don't scare me, like mm-hmm. pretty much like that's that's the feeling I get from the scene when Sansa just goes into that mode of just like she shuts down and she just does her thing. She knows what she has to do. Right. She says that she says the hot water made her think of Winterfell and she took strength from that. Mm -hmm. And she hadn't took a bath since the day her dad died. Which I mean, uh, what? That's that's a long time. (laughs) Yeah. But when you're sad like that, when you're fucked up like that, like it's hard to do anything. You don't want, yeah. You don't like she laid in bed, you know, didn't want, she wasn't even eating. Yeah. Nothing. So what's your, uh, What's your theory on why do you think the Hound always was soft on Sansa? Do you think it's out of a hatred uh, for Joffrey? Because, I mean, the Hound, I mean, other than what he eventually shows with Arya and his kind of, you know, how he cares for Arya, like, he has no reason to protect the Starks, Yeah, you know? So why do you think he is so caring for you know, and looks out for Santa at such a, you know, beginning of the story. I honestly, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 go. I was going to say just even because like, you know, later on, like 
when the riot happens, you know, like he's the one that finds her and saves her. And, you know, it's like, he's always there to protect her. Like he wants to later on, he tries to tell, you know, he tells her, I'll take you out of the city with me, you know, like. Uh, one of the reasons I think is because I honestly think that deep down that the hound is a good person. But second, I think the hound had a sister that the mountain killed. That the mountain killed, yeah. And I, I feel like in some way Sansa or the Stark girls must remind him of theirs of his sister. Okay. I never thought about it like that. I just always wondered why, you know, the hound was so uh, protective of her. Yeah, I mean. That's the only, they're the only two young girls that we ever see him around. Marcella, I guess, but Marcella really doesn't need protecting. Like, Yeah, and they never show no interaction between them, yeah. I don't think, in the books. Marcella would probably be terrified of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. right so (laughs) like she gets all clean and she gets dressed up she gets something to eat and um sir Marin comes back to get her and she's like did he instruct you to hit me if i don't come and he's like are you refusing to come and um Sansa's like no I'm not refusing to go (laughs) like she realizes she says he did not hate her Sansa realized neither did he love her he felt nothing for her at all she was only a a thing to him (laughs) and then she's like no she said rising so like it's it says that she wanted to rage to hurt him as he'd hurt her to warn him that when she was queen she would have him exiled if he ever dared strike her again but she remembered what the hound had told her so all she said was i shall do whatever his grace commands and he said as i do he replied yes but you are no true knight sir Marin." i'm like living for that sansa says yes like give it to me <laughs> definitely one of the times i uh, love her right yeah. there <laughs> and, she, and like sir Marin doesn't even give a fuck no he, he that's that's why i don't even know what to, how to feel about him when it comes to most things other than i don't like him but like he just has just like no care yeah like whatever like that's why he tells her you know i you do what you're told just like i do what i'm told pretty much yeah it's like um it's like he's just there to do his job he has no feelings attached about anything. He doesn't give a fuck about the politics. He don't care about what's what's right, what's wrong. He's just there to do a job and he don't care. He don't care yeah. about nobody. Like, if like, only, uh... like, fuck these people. <laughs> All the way yeah. around. Basically, <laughs> oh, yeah. his attitude. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gosh. So she goes to the court and, like, everybody's there. Well, I'm not gonna say everybody's there, but um, the balcony, there's a no one there, just Sansa. And like Joffrey's like sitting on the Iron Throne. And um, like she says, every, like she looks bored, but um, or 
Joffrey looks bored, which of course Joffrey is bored with cases and, and politics. Of course he is. Yeah. He only wants to kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we have Lord Baelish is there. Grandmaster Pycelle is there. Queen Cersei um, is there and Queen Cersei is doing most of the work. Um, a thief comes. Joffrey has uh, Sir Illyn chop his hands off like right there. Um, two knights came to him with a dispute about land and Joffrey says y'all can duel for it to the death <laughs> everything's everything's torture and death with him Gosh. and um, then a lady comes and the lady is like uh like kill this man i loved him and and now he's a traitor i want him executed and joffrey's like if you loved a traitor you must be a traitor too (laughs) and he (laughs) sends her to the fucking dungeons (laughs) i bet she wish he never came to that courtroom (laughs) no definitely not to that sadistic little fuck (laughs) right and um janice slint is there I cannot stand him. I I probably think Ugh. he's one of the people I hate the most in a Game of Thrones. Like even more than Joffrey. He's one of them. He's definitely top two, top three. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So many of them I hate. <sighs> so she was well, Sansa's looking at him. Sansa says Sansa stared hard at his ugly face, remembering how he had thrown down her father for Sir Ellen to behead, wishing she could hurt him, wishing that some hero would throw him down and cut off his head. But a voice inside her whispered, there are no heroes. And she remembered what Lord Peter had said to her here in this very hall. Life is not a song, sweetling, he told her. You may learn that one day to your sorrow. In life, the monsters win, she told herself. And now it was the hound's voice she heard, a cold rasp, metal on stone. Save yourself some pain, girl, and give him what he wants. And then um, the, the last case for the court comes in. And it's a singer. Uh, it says, a plump tavern singer, accused of making a song that ridiculed the late King Robert. Jaff commanded them to fetch his wood harp and ordered him to perform the song for the court. The singer wept and swore he would never sing that song again. But the king insisted. It was sort of a funny song, all about Robert fighting with a pig. The pig was the boar who killed him. Sansa knew, but in some verses, it almost sounded as if he were singing about the queen. When the song was done, Joffrey announced that he decided to be merciful. The singer could keep either his fingers or his tongue. He would have a day to make his choice. Janice Slint nodded. That was the final business of the afternoon. Sansa saw with relief, but her ordeal was not yet done. When the herald's voice dismissed the court, she fled the balcony only to find Joffrey waiting for her at the base of the curving stairs. The hound was with him and Sir Marin as well. The young king examined her critically, top to bottom. You look much better than you did. Thank you, your grace. Sansa said hollow words but they made him nod and smile and then Joffrey's like walk with me I want to show you something and she's like she had no choice but to like take his arm or his hand 
and like yeah. she there's nothing she can do no and as she starts walking she knows she knows where she's going she knows what she's about to see mm-hmm. yep yep so um they talk about uh they're walking and she's like talking about them having children and joffrey's like i'll get you with child as soon as you're able like joffrey wants to get her pregnant and um he asks her like when do you think you'll be able to have children and Sansa's like she can't even look at her look at him and um then she tells him like 12 or 13 maybe and then they keep walking and then Sansa notices what's going on and she's like no please no don't make me I beg you and Joffrey's like I want to show you what happens to traitors. <laughs> and they just, they kind of like drag her up there. Like, not really drag her. Like he threatens to drag her up there. And the hound's like, just do it, girl. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Either yeah, way, either way, he's going to have you go up there. Up here, like, and during this part of the chapter, I think it, uh, it shows her strength even more though. Yeah. Yeah. The way. Yeah. And, um, I think, um, it talks about her, like, you know, looking out, you know, towards, you know, the East and the West, you know, and then, Mm -hmm. and then she looks towards the North and that's when, you know, he starts telling her, you know, about, you know, this is your father's head and everything. And she, you know, even says like, you know, she don't even see it. You right. know, it doesn't even look like doesn't even look like him. Yeah, she's, it says she turned that way. Um, she turned. Wait, wait, wait. Let me start here. So she sees at the other end of the street of the sisters stood the fire blackened ruins of the dragon pit. To the west, the swollen red sun was half hidden behind the gate of the gods. The salt sea was at her back, and to the south was the fish market and the docks and the swirling torrent of the Blackwater Rush. And to the north. She turned that way and saw only the city, streets and alleys and hills and bottoms and more streets and more alleys and the stone of distant walls. Yes, she knew that beyond them was open country, farms and fields and forests. And beyond that, north and north and north again stood Winterfell. What are you looking at? Joffrey said. This is what I wanted you to see right here. And she looks and she says, this one is your father. This one here. Dog, turn it around so she can see him. That's so fucked up. Yeah. Like, that is so fucked up. That's so. And like. Like, you haven't traumatized a girl enough. You right. know, like, what do you, what, what, what do you expect the young girl to do? What do you think she's going to do? You know, like you're just pure torturing her at this moment. Like, it's not like she could raise an army and like, you know, come, come for you or something. Like you're just doing this out of pure torture. Like, cause you're a sick fuck. Like, you know, and I think, um, I find it, uh, you know, coincidental how each time it, shows Sansa's strength it always goes back to Winterfell yep you know she talks about you know right when she's seeing the north the north you know past north and north you know she knows Winterfell's there 
And mm-hmm. that's when she gets her strength and she just, you know, and we know what happens after that until, yep. you know, the hound comes along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, she, the head, Ned Stark's head has been dipped in tar, like to preserve it longer. And she says, you know, it doesn't really look like Eddard. Like it doesn't really look like Lord Eddard. It did not even look real. How long do I have to look? <laughs> and then she's like he's like do you want to see the rest and he starts like pointing out um people and all of that and like he he she asked like why did you kill septa mordain and joffrey's just like she's a traitor <laughs> like she's like, like bro she's godly really, she's, like, she's like godly like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> like, <laughs> like why did you have like that's so extra <laughs> like, why did you do that and it's just pissing him off even more and more (laughs) oh this is this is one of my favorite parts um she says uh he said maybe i should give you something instead would you like that if it please if it please you my lord sansa said when he smiled she knew he was mocking her your brother is a traitor too you know he turned septimordain's head back around I remember your brother from Winterfell. My dog called him the Lord of the Wooden Sword, didn't you, dog? Did I? The hound replied. I don't recall. Joffrey <laughs> gave a petulant shrug. Your brother defeated my Uncle Jamie. My mother says it was treachery and deceit. She wept when she heard, women are all weak, even her, though she pretends she isn't. She says we need to stay in King's Landing in case my other uncles attack, but I don't care. After my name day feast, I'm going to raise a host and kill your brother myself. That's what I'll give you, Lady Sansa, your brother's head. A kind of madness took over her. A kind of madness took over her then, and she heard herself say, maybe my brother will give me your head. Joffrey scowled. You must never mock me like that. A true wife does not mock her lord. Sir Marin, teach her. This time the knight grasped her, this time the knight grasped This time, the knight grasped her beneath the jaw and held her head still as he struck her. He hit her twice, left to right and harder, right to left. Her lips split and blood ran down her chin to mingle with the salt of her tears. You shouldn't be crying all the time, Joffrey told her. You're more pretty when you smile and laugh. Sansa made herself smile, afraid that he would have Sir Marin hit her again if she did not, but it was no good. The king still shook his head. Wipe off the blood. You're all messy. So, honey, Joffrey is like, I'm going to kill your fucking brother. And Sansa is like, <laughs> maybe he's going to kill you. So maybe he'll bring me your head. And like in George's original outline, Joff and Rob, Joffrey, that's, I said Joff and robbery. <laughs> Joffrey and Rob. <laughs> We're supposed to like duel and Rob was supposed to maim Joffrey. I wish that had happened. I said, I wish that had happened. Instead, they do the red and purple wedding, which the red wedding, I mean, iconic, sad, but iconic. Yeah. So, um, Sandor Clegane wipes her, wipes the blood off of her. Um, and she's like surprised because it's, she says, she's using a delicacy that she's never seen like the delicacy is surprising in such a big man he dabbed at the blood welling from her broken lip the moment was gone 
Sansa lowered her eyes. Thank you, she said when he was done. She was a good girl and always remembered her courtesies. And that is how the chapter ends. And it's just like, ooh, because that's the last we hear from Sansa. So like, we know that she's in a fucked up position. Yes. But the part of her being a good girl and always remembering her courtesies is it, it is her armor. That is her armor. Like when they say use your courtesies as armor, like that's what she does. And she keeps on doing it throughout the story. As yep. you know, time moves forward. She always has, she always does. And it does protect her. And I don't know. I really do like really has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I really do hope she is the one to kill Baelish. I think she definitely is. I, I do too. I think she's gonna have some help. I think the blackfish is gonna help her, but I think it's gonna be her call. Like she um whether Sansa lives to the end or not, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on whether I think she will or not. I definitely yeah. don't think there's going to be the whole, you know, queen of the North thing like the show did, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I don't know. I do see Sansa maybe, you know, if she does survive, maybe having like a Liza storyline where she becomes, you know, lady of the veil or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know. I don't see her. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with the uh, Winterfell in the end. Cause I don't know if Winterfell is going to be standing in the end. I know <laughs> so we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. So this is our last chapter for Sansa in a game of Thrones. We will not be checking in with Sansa anymore until a clash of Kings, but um. I want to thank you for coming on today. Did you have any additional thoughts before we wrap up? No, I'm good. Um, definitely. Thank you for uh, having me. And uh, yeah, thank you for all the content you put out and oh, everything sure. you ladies you. do. Ladies do on Direwolf City. You guys are all awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get out of here, guys. And I will see you next week with another episode of the Obsidian Nights podcast. Bye. Bye, guys.